Music is a time machine that can transport you to a different place and a different time. Another dimension, if you will, in an instant. Get ready as you enter the time zone up ahead. Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone. Well, hello there, and welcome to Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone. Today, I'm going to be talking about Alice in Chains 2.0 and examining their comeback album, Black Gives Way to Blue, which was released September 29th, 2009, just about 14 years after their last studio album, the self-titled Alice in Chains. My love of Alice in Chains started sometime around, I'm guessing, mid-1991. On May 16th, 1991, some friends and I attended the Clash of the Titans tour, which consisted of Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer, each headlining on different nights. Our night, which was also the opening night of the tour in the United States, was Megadeth. I personally think it should have been Slayer based on audience reaction, but anyway, the opener was a band I had heard very little of, Alice in Chains. I even remember after they played, Lane Staley walked right by us where we were sitting and sadly enough, we didn't even care. Now I knew next to nothing when we saw Alice in Chains in May. But by the time the SAP EP came out in February of 1992, I was all in on Alice in Chains. The combination of Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell's vocals, along with the killer Sabbath-like riffs that Cantrell was writing, made them a can't-miss band. I'm thankful that I was able to see the band three times while Lane Staley was still alive. So now, I'm going to fast forward to 2010. February of 2010, my wife purchases me what she thought was the new Alice Cooper album. Well, she did purchase me a new Alice album, but it wasn't Alice Cooper. It was actually Alice in Chains' new album, Black Gives Way to Blue. Now at the time, I had a severe case of the music snob virus, and I wasn't ready to take the prescription, or so I thought. I had heard that Alice in Chains had released a new album with another lead singer, and I really just wasn't interested. Not one bit. But well, my wife did buy me the album, so I figured, why not give it a listen? And I am so glad that I did. The songs hit me like a ton of bricks. I could not believe how good they were. And all I needed for my ears was a little dose of time. Time heals wounds and the snob wound that my ears were suffering from just needed a little soothing. Obviously, Lane's vocals are irreplaceable. So when I heard William Duvall singing, I thought, nah, this guy is not a fit. But then it happened. Jerry sang with him, and there it was. That thing. That little slice of heaven that I had not heard in years. Those lush, Allison Chain's vocal harmonies. And this wasn't a retread. This was legit new Allison Chain's music, something that I had missed for many, many years. The album starts off with All Secrets Known. As soon as you hit play and this killer Jerry Cantrell riff starts, all seems right in the Allison Chain's world. It's like it's the mid 1990s again and they just picked up right where they left off. The song builds into the first lines that you ever hear William Duvall sing on an Alice in Chains album, 
and how fitting are they? Hope, a new beginning. Time, time to start living like just before we died. I mean, whether they meant to or not, how much more perfect could the opening lyrics to this Alice in Chains album be? The first one without the beloved original vocalist Lane Staley and the first full studio album since the self-titled album. There was a lot of pressure, I'm sure. But for them and Alice in Chains fans all over, this was hope in the band. A new beginning for them. And it was time for them to start living like just before the band died. Maybe that's a bit presumptuous on my part, but it fits for me. Anyway, after the song just trudges on with sappy, sludgy goodness, pun intended, at the 225 mark, another riff comes in, and when they harmonize, it is so awesome. I remember letting my wife hear it and just being like, oh my God, listen to this. It was so great to me. Song two is the song they opened their most recent show in Dallas with. The absolutely killer Check My Brain. This is as good as anything the band has ever done in their history. The first song was good, but this one blew me away. I honestly think that Cantrell is one of the best riff writers of our generation. If you ever saw the Scooby-Doo cartoons where they would rip off a mask from a villain at the end of each episode, I kind of think that if you ran up to Cantrell and ripped the mask off of his head, you just might find early 1970s Tony Iommi. If you had your doubts about giving Allison Chains 2.0 a chance, then this should knock the blinders off and have you all in. The groove in this song is so great. Such a great jam. I cannot stop nodding my head when I listen to this one. The drums come in, and you know Sean Kenny has not missed a beat. His drums are perfect for this song. And then the vocal harmony comes in. The verses just pull you right in, and the chorus knocks you over your head. I don't think they could have made this song any better. I never tire of hearing this song. Next up is Last of My Kind. Some odd noises, and then the song kicks in. This is the first time we really hear Duval sing alone with his voice a little more out there. It took me a little longer to warm up to this one. The verses and pre-chorus aren't bad, but the chorus kicks in really hard and has a super heavy riff that pulls you in. There was a time when I would skip this song, but it's grown on me and now it absolutely does not get skipped. Song 4, Your Decision, is the first throwback to the acoustic side of Alice in Chains that shows how diverse the band truly is. If I recall correctly, this song was a big hit for what it's worth. I even remember my dad talking about it to me once. That's some major crossover. This is a killer song. Great guitar riff, perfect drumming and vocals. It's impossible for me to criticize this song. The soloing in it is very fitting. Nothing too much or too little, just right. But that's a Jerry Cantrell guitar playing staple. Just what the song needs. Well, if you think about it, that's been what the band always provides. No one is doing too much, just doing what fits the song. So awesome. 
I've always sung lyrics the way I hear them in my head over the years. When I was younger and could lay around all day listening to songs and reading lyric sheets, it was easier to figure them out. But being older, I usually listen to music while I'm driving, which means learning songs without lyric sheets. And for years, I posted on Facebook and sung the lyric in this song, No one plans to take a path that brings you nowhere. Until a couple of years ago, my cousin Jim corrected me and said, No, it's no one plans to take a path that brings you lower. Personally, I like my lyric better. thought it was a little more inspirational. And even though I know it now, I still sing it my way. Anyways, next up is a looking in view. A looking in view kicks in with a super heavy riff with the drums following right along. With more harmony lead vocals, the slow, plodding song sounds great. I absolutely love the chorus. These two guys' vocals blended together as magic. It's not the same as Lane and Jerry, but hey, some form of Alice in Chains is better than no version of Alice in Chains, and these songs are all killer and no filler. This isn't my favorite song on the album. It did take some time on to grow on me, but eventually I fell in love with the chorus and realized that this is a much better song than I first gave it credit for. The next song up is When the Sun Rose Again. It's a full-on acoustic song. It's got a nice riff, and the vocals are absolutely some of the best on the album. Kenny plays some light percussion in the background to give this song the perfect touch. I absolutely love it. This is a never-skip song for me. The verses are perfect. The chorus is perfect. The solo is short and sweet. You can't ask for much more. <laughs> Acid Bubble is another song that took a while to grow on me. The bass riff at the beginning didn't grab me, and at the start of the vocals, they didn't really pull me in either. But once it got to the pre-chorus and the chorus, the song began to grab me. Then at the 242 mark, this killer riff comes in, and the song gets super heavy. It's about as heavy as the album gets. They sing the line, Intend Obsolescence, Built Into The System. It is so awesome. Then it ends and goes back into the verses and then the chorus. And I'm not getting off the ride at this point. I wonder why some songs, they just don't grab me at first. And some others do. Especially when I end up loving them later on. Either way, I think I miss out a lot at times. But I guess that's part of the journey of being a fan. Sometimes I'm just too dumb to get out of my own way. And then when I finally do, I'm like Homer Simpson. Don't! And I can't overstate how killer the intend obsolescence built into the system lines are. Man, it is so heavy. I absolutely love it. Next song, Lesson Learned. It's a straightforward rock and roll song. Duval sings the verses alone, and then Cantrell joins in on the pre-chorus and chorus. I love the way their voices blend. It amazes me that not only did Cantrell catch lightning in a bottle once with Lane Staley. He struck it twice with William Duvall. Now, one thing I like to do when I listen to music and read the lyrics or hear the lyrics, I like to find positivity where most people may not think it can be found. And sometimes a line will just really stand out to me. And I found one of those lines in this song. In the chorus, they sing this line. You know when you find it. In your darkest hour, you strike gold. I'm going to repeat that. You know when you find it. 
in your darkest hour, you strike gold. We all go through dark times in our lives when it seems that nothing can go right. But when I hear that line, man, does it give me some hope. When things seem like they may be at their absolute darkest, beware. You just may strike the gold in your life that you need. I hope I do, and I hope you do as well. It is such a killer lyric. The song says, just another lesson learned. And while this is true as well, I take something that maybe these guys meant for something else, and I use it for my benefit, and you can as well. You can either agree or disagree with me, but either way, this is a great song. The follow-up to this killer song is Take Her Out. It's another straight-ahead rocker that starts right in with a nice little guitar solo. The verses are nice, but I love the blended vocals in the chorus. It's just an Alice in Chains staple that I never tire of. The solo lines in the song are very tasteful, too. Not too much or too little, just right. Sounds familiar, huh? <laughs> Cantrell has a nice guitar solo in the song, too. And we go verse, chorus again, and we are out of here. Another great song. I know I sound like a broken record on this album, but it won't always be the case with everything I review. So with that in mind comes my absolute favorite song from this album, Private Hell. I have a bit of a theory about Alice in Chains 2.0, if I can call it that. They seem to have a song that's very similar to Down in a Hole on the three post-Lane Staley albums, and it always seems to fall right near or at the end of the album. If you don't believe me or want to test it and let me know if you agree, listen to these songs in a row and let me know what you think. From Dirt, Down in a Hole, of course. From this album, Private Hell. From the follow-up to this album called The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here, Hung on a Hook. And from the most recent album, Rainier Fog, All I Am. Now, when I say very similar, that may be with a grain of salt, but I really feel like there's a resemblance with each one of them. I'd like to know if anyone else has thought this or agrees after they listen to all of them, too. Anyways, the music and the vocals on this song are so soothing. I just like to close my eyes and listen. I also sway from right to left a little bit, too. But hey, this song is very lush and sweet. It rocks out a bit more during the chorus and after a very tasteful solo sprinkled in between, it gets back to the lush vocals and music. For years, I thought this song was about Lane Staley because of the line, flowers on a cross remain, mark an ending scene. Damn it all if blood you spill, turn the grass more green. But I saw a Jerry Cantrell interview and he said it was about a relationship ending, so that totally messed up my theory. Either way, it is an absolute gem, top notch. And finally, closing out this album is the song that's about Lane Staley. The title track, Black Gives Way to Blue. Cantrell has said that this song is their public grieving of the death of their friend and bandmate. They said they all cried their eyes out when they recorded it. It's a gorgeous acoustic song with piano and background vocals by none other than Sir Elton John. Jerry's first album was an Elton John album, as well as Lane Staley's first concert was Elton John. He was said to have had a huge influence on these guys. 
The sweetness of Cantrell solos throughout this song is a thing of beauty. It's super tasteful, and a lot of times it's just right there with the vocal line, which is something that I absolutely love. Some random lyrics from the song that are touching, as well as some that are a tribute to Lane. I don't want to feel no more. It's easier to keep falling. Imitations are pale. Emptiness, all tomorrows are haunted by your ghost. Fading out by design. Consciously avoiding changes. Curtains drawn, now it's done. Silencing all tomorrows. Forcing a goodbye. Lay down, black gives way to blue. Lay down. I'll remember you. And with that, the album closes. It started off with hope, a new beginning, and ended by laying Lane Staley to rest. And yes, we do and will remember him. Man, it sucks that he's gone. What a great album, though. I had zero expectations for this album when I first heard it. Allison Chains had not released a new album since 1995, and I guess I thought without Lane, they just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. In my personal opinion, Allison Chains has not released a bad album. Not one. I was talking to a friend about this, and I said, You're probably going to say this is heresy when I say it, but I think that the first three albums without Lane are every bit as good as the albums with him. He immediately said, yes, this is heresy. What do you think? If you haven't heard him, if you're one of the people that has just never given Allison Chains another chance because of without Lane, there's no Allison Chains, you are wrong and you are suffering from music snobbery. You need to take some ear candy medicine, which is this album. Jerry Cantrell Mike Inez, and Sean Kinney still provide the great music, and William Duvall provides the great vocals and rhythm guitar, too. And this band still writes absolutely killer songs. And if you choose not to give them a chance, you are missing out. If it helps, listen to the album and pretend it's not Alice in Chains. See if that helps. Hey, I'd love to hear what you think, if you agree or disagree. If you have comments or want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook by searching Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone. On Twitter, I'm at Uncle Steve Rock altogether, no anything between it. On Instagram, it is uncle.steve.rock. Or you can email me at uncle.steve.rock at gmail.com. Also, if you like the show, you can subscribe on Apple. Spotify, Stitcher, or Podbean, working on a few other spots to get the podcast as well. Also, if you have Alexa, you can ask her to play Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone, and she will. (laughs) And lastly, if you don't have that person in your life to introduce you to music, and we all need one, I will be that guy for you. I will be your Uncle Steve. Y'all take care, and we'll see you next time. You will now be transported back 
to your regularly scheduled time zone. Hey Julie, where's your book report?